Hello, wonderful friends. Welcome to the Mighty Warriors podcast, a podcast dedicated to inspire and encourage you to experience a deeper intimacy with God and to be transformed by His Word in your everyday life. I'm your host, Colette Crea, and this is episode 17. And in this episode, we will discuss the journey of a man who left everything that was familiar for the unfamiliar. Stay tuned. Dear friends, thank you for joining us again this week as we progress through our journey of discovering the Bible stories together. Hopefully, up to this time, much of what I have shared have answered questions you might have had about the Bible, and you've been inspired and encouraged to return to the Bible to discover more on your own. To understand the narrative of the Bible, we have to meet a very important character, and his name is Abraham. He's a very crucial biblical character because it is through Abraham that God's perpetual promise of salvation is pronounced. Abraham is first mentioned in Genesis chapter 11, verse 26, as Abram, since it is only later that God changes his name to Abraham which means father of nations. In fact, God does the same thing with his wife, Sarai. He changes her name to Sarah and explains that it is because she will be the mother of many nations. So, on occasions, you will hear me mention Abram or Abraham, and at time you will hear Sarai or Sarah depending on whichever passage of scripture I am reading. So, don't be confused, we're talking about one and the same person. Abram's journey starts in Genesis chapter 11, verse 27, where we're told of his genealogy. His father, Terah, has three sons, Abram, Nahor, and Aran. But we learn that his son Aran dies in Ur, the land of the Chaldeans. Ur was an important city in the ancient southern Mesopotamia, a city that was situated about 140 miles southeast of the site of Babylon. Today, it is called Tal al-Muqayyar in modern-day Iraq. So, in the rendering of the genealogy, we read that Terah gathered his family and left Ur of the Chaldeans heading to Canaan. He takes his son Abraham, Aran, Abraham's wife, Sarai, and his grandson Lot, the son of Aran. But when they arrive to a city called Aran, and I know it sounds like the name of the son, but the son's name is spelled H-A-R-R-A-N, and the name of the city is spelled H-A-R-A-N. So they stop in Aran, and they settle there, and in fact, this is where Terah dies. We are not given any details as to why and how long they settled there before Terah died, but 
we see that this is when God communicated with Abraham. Between the time Terah dies and God speaks to Abraham, we do not know how much time has passed. But here is what Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 9 says. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse. And all people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there, he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. Who was Abraham? In a nutshell, Abraham was a man of faith. When God called him to leave the place where he had settled for an unfamiliar place, he obeyed and followed God to a place that God says he will show him, as we read in verse 1. Although they were headed for Canaan from Scripture, we know that Abraham did not know where they were going. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 through 10 says, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in the foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. In the Bible, Abraham is known to be a friend of God and the father of many nations. And through one of those nations, Israel, God brings forth the greatest blessing the world would ever know, salvation through Messiah Jesus. There are several promises that God makes to Abraham, which we read in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. Number one, I will make you into a great nation. Here, God zeroes in on a specific nation. Please note, even though Abraham was the father of seven sons, in this passage, God did not say, I will make you into great nations, but singular, a great nation, because his focus here is on a specific nation who would be fulfilling a specific purpose in paving the way for Messiah Jesus. 
we see this promise of a great nation fulfilled through the nation of Israel. The covenant that God makes with Abraham is reconfirmed with Isaac and then Jacob, whose name is changed from Jacob to Israel. He had 12 sons whom are known in the Bible as the children of Israel, and they grow into a great nation, which becomes the nation of Israel. Why is the covenant passed down from Abraham to Isaac rather than Abraham to Ishmael, his firstborn son, or any of the other sons he had for that matter? Because in Genesis chapter 17, verses 17 through 22, God tells Abraham that the covenant he is making with him will not be with Ishmael, but with Isaac. Let's read the scriptures and hear for ourselves what it says, starting in verse 17. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man of a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of twelve rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant will be established with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. So now let's go to number two, which says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Genesis chapter 12 verse 5 tells us that Abraham was a man that had possessions. And in Genesis chapter 13 verse 2, it says, Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. He then passes on everything that he owns to his son Isaac. And in Genesis chapter 25, verse 6, we read that while he was still living, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them away from his son Isaac to the land of the east. Abraham was not only blessed physically, as we have just read, that he had a lot of possessions and silver and gold. He seemed to be lacking of nothing and was indeed blessed abundantly. But he was blessed spiritually. He had a personal relationship with God. Abraham was called a friend of God, as we read in James chapter 2, verse 23, which is a wonderful blessing to know God personally and to walk with Him. Number three, I will make your name great. God promises that Abraham's reputation will be great. And today, thousands of years later, Abraham's name is indeed great. All three monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, honor Abraham as an important figure in the Old and the New Covenant scriptures. 
Abraham is mentioned over 200 times. Number four, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. When we read the promise that God makes to Abraham concerning blessing those who will bless him and cursing those who curse him, it is easy to assume that when Abraham died, the promises died with him, but not so. The promises made to Abraham passed on to Isaac and to Jacob and then to the nation of Israel. Even corrupted prophet Balaam, in the book of Numbers chapters 22 through 24, he could not curse Israel, even though he was incited by Balak to do so. What I would like to point out as well is that again, as we mentioned previously, Israel was selected for a special purpose, and this was to be the mouthpiece in proclaiming the coming of Messiah. So ultimately, Messiah came to bring us the greatest blessing, life eternal through him, which reconciles us back to God. However, whomever rejects Messiah Jesus is condemned already. That person is cursed because they are rejecting the only way for them to receive life. Someone who is cursed experiences death. There is no redemption. There is no salvation for them. However, in the book of Acts chapter 4 verse 12, it is written concerning Messiah Jesus. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven, given to mankind, by which we must be saved. And so, yes, this word was given to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And this blessing and this word was passed on from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to the nation of Israel that then received the Messiah, who is the author of of life, which is given to us when we repent, when we turn away from our sins and call on God and ask Him to change us, transform us, and receive life from Him. But again, whomever rejects this gift of life and of forgiveness is cursed. Number five, all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. In Genesis chapter 17, verses 7 and 8, God speaks of an everlasting covenant between Abraham and his descendants after him. And in Genesis chapter 22, the promise that God makes to Abraham is threefold. He promises Abraham land, descendants, and blessings concerning the land. He reiterates this promise to Israel in the land covenant, which we can read in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 1 through chapter 30, verse 20. Concerning descendants, he reiterates it to King David through the Davidic covenant in 1 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 10 through 14. And concerning blessings, God confirms it through the new covenant in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 33, and in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 28, which we see fulfilled in the new covenant scriptures through the death, burial, and resurrection of Messiah Jesus. 
Messiah Jesus gives eternal life to whomever is open to accept the gift of forgiveness and reconciliation to God. This blessing is for people of all nations. Number six, to your offspring, I will give you the land of the Canaanites. At the moment God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham had no children. In fact, in Genesis chapter 11 verse 30, we learn that his wife Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. As we will see in future episodes, Abraham does get many sons, Ishmael with his servant Hagar, and then Isaac with his wife Sarah. And when Sarah dies, he marries Keturah. With her, he has six more sons, Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. However, the son of promise that God had mentioned would come was Isaac. So God makes a promise to give Abraham the land of the Canaanite, but this promise is a promise that is passed down from Abraham, then to Isaac, then Jacob, and then the nation of Israel. How do we know this? Why was it that way? Because God ordains it this way. As we read in Genesis chapter 17. Please read Genesis chapter 17 and all the other passages that I mentioned previously to see if indeed what I am saying is right and true, because the scriptures will convict you of the truth. My friend, do you see yourself in Terah's story or Abraham's story? Terah started a journey towards Canaan, but he settled and died there. Is it possible that before Abraham was called, his father Terah was called, but when he arrived in Haran, he settled? Could it be that he became comfortable? His dream, his vision, his call to go to Canaan withered away. It died in Haran, and very ironically, Haran in Hebrew means parched. So he remained comfortable in that parched land when God had something so much greater, a lush place, a fruitful place called Canaan. Abraham, on the other hand, by faith, without even knowing where he was going, followed God's call and journeyed to that place of promise he was called to go to. Because of his obedience, every born-again believer who has surrendered his or her life to Messiah Jesus is experiencing the greatest blessing of all, reconciliation back to God through Messiah Jesus. Mighty warrior, listen to me. God calls every single one of us. Are you listening to his voice? If you have stepped out on faith like Abraham, I want to encourage you along your journey to not only hold on to God, but to trust him and to continually abide in his presence. The more you abide in his presence, the clearer your direction will be. Do not settle. 
in Haran, a place where you will remain parched and die like Terah did. God wants to take you to a place that is lush, a place where you will thrive and be fruitful. Do not settle for Haran. My friend, if you do not have a personal relationship with God, you are in Haran. You are settling for less than what God has planned and purposed for you and consequently cannot hear God. I want to urge you, encourage you to pray and ask God to open your eyes and to reveal to you the way, the truth, and the life in light of the passages of scriptures that we have read today and in light of his word, the Bible. So, I'd like for us to take some time to pray together right now. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, today I am so filled with gratitude for the obedience of our forefather in the faith, our father Abraham. Thank you for what is revealed in the Old and the New Covenant Scriptures concerning his life, his faith, and the covenant you made with him, which has blessed people of all nations. You, God, have fulfilled your covenant with Abraham in providing land, descendants, and blessings. And I thank you for the greatest blessing of all, which is life through Messiah Jesus. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness and reconciliation through Messiah Jesus. I pray for the listeners who are on journeys with you. First, I pray for the born-again believers who have heard their call and have been journeying with you. Give them strength in their journey of faith, as well as discernment and wisdom to rely on you rather than in themselves or others. For those of them who are stuck in Haran, their parched season, I pray you revive them, strengthen them, encourage them, renew their vision and redirect them so they can continue in the journey of faith you have called them to. Second, for those who do not have any relationship with you, Heavenly Father, I pray you remove the blinders of their eyes and soften their hearts to be disposed to hear you and receive the gift of love and forgiveness you have for them in Christ Jesus. I pray this believing that you, Father, hear my prayer. And I pray all of this in the powerful name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Messiah Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Wonderful, mighty warriors, this is the word that God had for us today. And so I look forward to you joining us next week. And so continue to be prayerful, abide in the Lord, and I will talk to you next week. God bless you all. 
Bye.